Have you wanted to join us at an epic location but are new to photo workshops or photography in general? Maybe you've seen the beautiful images from our events and said to yourself, I want to be there. Are you having difficulty picking the perfect Cowgirls with Cameras event to come to in 2024? We want to invite you to a virtual Cowgirls with Cameras happy hour on January 9th. Bring your favorite cocktail or soft drink and snuggle in with your favorite blanket in front of your computer to learn about our 2024 event lineup and get all your questions answered. This is the perfect opportunity to get to know us better, get connected with Cowgirls with Cameras, and choose your best photography adventure for 2024. Register on our website at cowgirlswithcameras.com. We hope to see you there. It's time to laugh, learn, and take your photography to the next level with your favorite cowgirls with cameras, Kara, Kim, and Phyllis. Welcome to the Cowgirls with Cameras podcast. My name is Kim, and I'm with Kim Beer Photography and Be More Business. I'm Kara with Fast Horse Photography. And I'm Phyllis with Phyllis Burchett Photo. Good morning, y'all. Hey, good morning. Good morning. Before we get started, I wanted to just real quick remind all of our listeners about our Horses in the Snow Photographer's Getaway that's coming up on February 28th. We are going to be in Granby, Colorado, and we want you guys to join us. And just a quick note, there is an early bird special for this one, and you have until December 1st. So this episode should be out before then. So hopefully folks will hear that. And anyone who's been thinking about coming out with us to photograph horses in the snow will be on it. This location is stunning. They have a huge herd of horses. It's a five-star resort. There's so much to do during the day, which is one of the reasons I'm bringing my husband along because there's all sorts of fun perks and things that you can do during the day that don't include photography, or you can shoot around the, the ranch all day long if you want. So there's lots going on. Definitely hop onto our website, cowgirlswithcameras.com and navigate over to our events tab and see how you can join us this year. And I'll tell y'all, if you're on the fence about this, you need to get off of it because this event is filling up fast. It's one of the fastest ones we have ever had fill up. So if you are interested in coming, I would really encourage you to get that before the early bird special is off because it's probably going to only be a little bit left after that. So yeah, December jump 1st. on over there and join us. Yeah, it's not very far. It's not very far at all. So what have you guys been up to this week? Well, I've been speaking at Global Entrepreneurship Week. <laughs> so oh my goodness. I have been hanging out with startup businesses and learning all about the newest tech advances for businesses and all these really cool ideas that the startup entrepreneurs have. And yesterday, I went to an event where they did a war room networking kind of thing. And oh, wow. there were two young photographers in our little table that were wanting to know about how they could become photographers. And I was like, ah, I was really meant to be here. So that was so much fun. It's so much fun to get to meet these. These girls were high school students. So young people who are interested in photography and are going to be carrying the torch for us in the future years. 
Oh, that sounds like fun. So I saw you saw a picture of Natalie, too. Where did you see Natalie at? Yeah, Natalie McCormick. Oh, I did. I did something I, I kind of said I wasn't going to do because I was tired of traveling. But I kind of got talked into going back out to Touched by a Horse to Colorado to photograph. I did uh, 15 mini sessions. <laughs> oh, my goodness. On Friday, <laughs> very quickly did them 15 mini sessions, 15 black background portraits for people and about 200 images of the things going on at the event that they were doing. They were doing a camp, a training camp. And Natalie was out there filming for the training camp. And I got to go have dinner with her and Kevin and had a great time. I just love visiting with the folks at McFarland Productions. So it was a wonderful opportunity to spend some quality time with them and talk and catch up. That's cool. I love Natalie, too. Yeah, that's awesome. We need to have her on this podcast. Yes, we do. Yes, that would be very cool. Yeah, our listeners would love that, would love her. If they don't already know her, they would love her. It's a great idea. Phyllis, what have you been up to? Oh, gosh, I feel like I'm kind of moving in slow motion this morning. Sorry. Yeah, it has nothing to do with my age, though, Kim. <laughs> I wasn't going I there. Resisted the, I don't think I resisted there. the comment. Yeah, I didn't say Kara. I said Kim. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't say a word. My horns are no, holding up my head. <laughs> I had a late night. I I had to drive, um, which you don't know where this is, but it's all the way on the other side of town to Smyrna, Georgia, to do a equine photography presentation at a camera club. And we had a uh, not a great big group. I think there was around fifteen or so, but they were very uh, nice group that was very excited about equine photography. So that was cool. And uh, I am really excited to share that I was finalist in the Western Horseman Best People Western Photographer category. Yay! So that made me, yay. So out of, I was like a top three. So I was like, I guess, third place, honorable, honorable mention. It, it's kind of a, I guess it's a big deal. Um, I mean, I was, I was excited to be nominated. So to make the top three and finish with an honorable mention was, was very cool. So yeah. I finally got finally got my 2024 calendars done and out to be marketed and uh, offered for sale. Uh, let's see what else. I still have model releases to finish up from Oklahoma, which I promise I will get those done this weekend. I've had a couple of client mentorships that I've started in the past couple of weeks. I am excited about, I noticed you made a post about what are we shooting this weekend, which I don't know I'm going to be shooting this weekend, this, but I have a new local, uh, pretty big cattle ranch that I'm going to be going over to photograph and I'm excited because they're cabin right now. So that'll be kind of cool. Yeah, we always love a new location. I'm really excited about the winter event. I I'm already so excited. <laughs> As a matter of fact, that reminds me, I really need to get my heated vest, my heated socks, and my heated gloves ordered, too. So, uh, <laughs> Got to get that done, too. But that's that's what I've been up to. And, of course, like you, Kara, I mean, the holidays are upon us. And especially with Thanksgiving coming up, it's just it's just been kind of crazy. Yeah, it's I'm I'm always prepared for it. And then I'm always like, what the heck happened every single time this time of year comes around. But I've, I feel good about how this portrait season has gone, the holiday portrait season. It's not as been as busy for me, which 
is by design. So I'm really happy about that. But just shooting a lot of equestrian family portraits, it's just that time of year, designing a lot of artwork and doing a lot of deliveries. I have four deliveries scheduled for beginning of next week and they're all over Northeast Florida. So that's like a full day. I'll be in the car all day, basically buzzing around, making playing Santa all day. And then I've been doing a little bit of holiday card design for some clients, which is fun. And I want to do one for Fast Horse this year and send it to all my clients, do a holiday card. So I haven't shot as many like horse wreath sessions because I didn't actively advertise them this year. So I think I'm going to go out and actually shoot my own horses with wreaths on this year. So I'm kind of excited about that. They've been neglected. The photographer's horses are never photographed. (laughs) So (laughs) I'm going to photograph my own horses, I think, this year for my holiday card. And then planning uh, the putting the final touches on my Black Friday promotion. So that's that's it. It's just full on holiday. My hand is like shaped into the shape of my claw, my wake up tablet pen. Yeah, my claw. I've got a claw hand and I haven't broken to the holiday movies yet as backup but I have already started the I always watch the great British British Bake Off this time of year the whole season because it's just the most cheerful like happy show and it always gets me in the holiday spirit so I've been watching got my shows on while I'm doing all the editing and I've been in the saddle a lot. My horse is is better and I'm trying to ride two or three times a week and I'm making it happen. Like I'm doing early mornings out and we're going places and trail riding and going to the arenas and I've been getting getting out. It's been fantastic. (laughs) It's been a good holiday start so far. So her foot healed up really yeah, well. Yeah, his then, hoof huh? is his. Uh, he looks so much better. He's gonna have a a little scar, but he's a black horse, and the place that it's coming in is coming in black hair. It's funny though because the area where the tape went around his leg, where we kept taking the tape on and off, he's gonna have a white. That that hair is all coming mm-hmm. in white. So yeah, but he's doing great. Thank you for asking. Good. And I, when I said her, I was thinking of your. You were thinking horse, of Vera, yeah. No, Vera's still <laughs> yeah. out there, but I don't ride her anymore. She's retired. <laughs> My old lady. Some things are best. Some things are best left retired. <laughs> yeah, because you photographed Vera one time, so yeah, she's pretty yep, though. She's still out there. I've never seen your new horse or new chiefy boy, kind of new old horse, but yeah, yeah. Anyway, so what are we talking about today? Yeah, Kim, what are we talking about? We have we're no idea. Talking about a, we were talking about avoiding business failure. I oh. was not expecting that question, so I didn't have a prepared response. So, yes, we're talking about avoiding business failure. A, oh, a okay. favorite topic. Yeah. We all want to avoid business failure, right? Yes. And we've made a lot of mistakes. Absolutely. And things that we made mistakes <laughs> at the beginning, right? That could have taken us under and could have definitely, for me, prolonged the process to get where I am today. It was like I had to go through these obstacles, these hurdles, these mistakes in order to get where I am today. Absolutely. And I think that all entrepreneurs face this. I mean, the folks that I'm spending this week with, and I'm going back to speak at that event again today, I sat around that room and listened to the entrepreneurs talking. And I think that anybody who has started a business of any kind, photography or otherwise, faces a lot of these. These are not just photographer problems. They're starting your business problems. And the truth is, is that I've worked with thousands and thousands of entrepreneurs over the last 30 years. And very, very few, if any of them had a business degree, 
And even those that did, did not feel it prepared them for this. So please know that what we're talking about today, one of the things that I have come to, and I don't know if Phyllis and Kara share this idea or concept, but it's a learning curve that you have to experience, right? And what we hope to do today is to give you a heads up that you're not alone if you're experiencing some of these things and to give you our wisdom around how we worked our way through it. So the first and the top mistake that I think I made, I know I made, (laughs) it's not a think, it's a no. I know I made was not charging enough in the beginning. I started out as a very young person in photography. I started charging for my photography when I was still in high school and then moved up through my 20s into starting to do some stuff with horses in my 20s and 30s. And then into more along the side of that, I was growing my business business as well, my business consulting, graphic design, marketing business alongside of it. And I didn't charge enough for any of those things. I didn't understand because I'd come from a corporate background was my first jobs were corporate and I got a salary and I didn't understand that running a business, I had overhead and what felt good to charge because it was so much more than my hourly rate at my day job was not nearly enough to be able to sustain me as a business owner. But deep underneath that, all of the not charging enough thing came back to my own limiting beliefs and my own trauma from my childhood around money. And the cool thing is 34, oh my God, I have been out of high school 40 years next year. <laughs> it's just that realization just hit me a couple of days ago. The high school buddy came down here and I was like, oh my God, it's 40 years that we've been out of high school. But, you know, it took me 40 years, well, not quite 40, but close to it, to be able to come to grips with what was really underlying all of that. It was my own personal value. I had a lot of a lot of things from my childhood where people told me that what I was doing wasn't valid, that being an artist or a photographer was not a way to make a living, that it wasn't valuable, basically. And then also on top of that, I had family members and authority figures really ticking away at my own personal value as a human being. And the truth is, is that that's what I get to do today is I get to help people overcome that. I get to work with people who have a lot of that trauma that they don't even really see all around, particularly money and self-value and self-worth and self-esteem. And I get to help them find the things that are that are undone and fix them and take those limiting beliefs and remove them. So that not charging enough thing, it sounds super simple. It sounds like, oh, raise your prices and look at the businesses around you and see what they're charging and raise your prices up to fit those. But the reality is, is that is not as easy a feat as it sounds. And if you need to get help around getting your own limiting beliefs and your own money situation figured out, your own value situation, it's well worth the time and effort that you put in to get that fixed. The next thing I would say my runner up top reason thing that mistake that I made was not understanding how important networking was over advertising. So there's a difference between marketing and advertising. 
advertising is putting ads out. It's pushing your information in front of people. And I started my business before the internet. So that was buying like Yellow Pages ads, putting ads in the local paper, putting up flyers at horse shows and that kind of stuff. That's advertising. Marketing and networking is knowing who has the influence. Like, who is the person that runs the horse show that'll hire me as the official photographer? And getting to know that person, getting to know what their needs are for that event, knowing that I can fulfill that, and then getting an introduction and introducing myself and being patient over time and following back up with that individual and working my centers of influence to be able to get myself into the marketing situations where I was reaching the right people, where I was making inroads into larger communities. And my camera has opened so many doors for me. It is a key to so much of my success, not just as a photographer, but also in my consulting business and all of the things in my ranch, everything I do, that camera has been like a key to get in all of those doors. But the key opened human beings. It was the doors were people and those people, if you don't take the time to go out and meet them and follow up and show up, it doesn't work. You can hang up all of the advertising that you want. You can put all of this stuff on social media, but if you don't build the underlying relationships, things don't go as far. And I watch that so much in my clients when they come to me for business consulting and say, what's wrong with my marketing program? I'm doing all of these things fantastically. And I'm failing miserably. And I'm like, it's because you're not building relationships. And I know that's not easy. And I know for a lot of people, it's a struggle to build those relationships because they feel uncomfortable or don't know how. That's what people like me are here for. That's what we help you with. So that would be my runner up mistake. What about you, Kara? Well, I was one of those people that had worked in the, I'm going to say like the corporate, but it was more like a non, the nonprofit world for a really long time. I had also managed retail stores. And so I had, I was kind of like you, like I understood the basics of what I needed to do to be a good business person, but I didn't necessarily understand how to run my business. So the biggest thing I think for me was I came into it thinking, well, the first thing I need to do is I need to study what everybody else is, what all the other photographers are doing, and I need to model after them. So I said to myself, okay, so I'm going to look at wedding photographers and baby photographers, and I'm going to look at family photographers, and I'm going to model my business off of what these other photographers in town are doing, but I'm going to put in an equine spin on it, you know, because I was thinking, how do I make this work? But actually, if I back that up, the first thing was, is I was taking every client I could get my hands on. So I was looking at their models and saying, okay, what does their client process look like? What does their pricing model look like? You know, I need to shoot everything. And I was taking clients that my gut was telling me, this is not what I want to do. But I felt like, I had to take these clients because you have to take everybody. You got to scoop up all the business that you can possibly get. And I had people in my ear telling me, 
you're never going to make any money as a horse photographer. You know, you've got to shoot weddings. You have to photograph babies. These are things that you just have to do in order to be successful as a photographer. And I remember sitting at, I was not sitting, I was running around like a wild person at a freaking family reunion, photographing a family reunion in a restaurant. And it was like awful lighting. The people were like, Oh, there's a photographer here. They weren't thrilled about being photographed, but they wanted this family reunion documented. And I was miserable the whole time. And I was like, what am I doing? Like, this does not work for me. It was a weekend day. It was, I think I was missing something important with the family. They were having my family, my own family was having a gathering and I was missing it. And I'm just like, this does not work for me. This does not make me happy. This is not working for my life. I don't enjoy this type of photography. I'm going to hate the images that come out of it. There's nothing about this process that's bringing me joy. And I think for me, that was a really pivotal moment because I realized that I have to make a change if I'm going to be happy and successful in this business. And I have to figure out what I want to photograph. And for me, I realized that the only time I really wanted to pick my camera up and shoot was when there were horses involved. So that could be horses and people, horses by themselves, any combination of those things. I knew that's what I wanted to do. I also knew really quickly that the conveyor belt method of photography, where you're working with a bunch of clients and you're doing a fast turnover and handing over a bunch of digital files. And it was very impersonal to me. I wasn't enjoying that process of just handing over digital files. I just wanted so much more. So I took the step to learn about other photography business models that were happening in other parts of the world. What were other photographers doing? How are they being successful? And I, I realized that there's a lot of different ways you can have a successful photography business. And I took bits and pieces from things that I liked and I created a business that worked for my life. I created a process for my clients and experience for my clients that really served them. And I was really proud of that. So I was able to then switch over and work with significantly less clients. And it's taken, it's been a process. Like I would say this year was the first year that I can say 100% of the people that I photographed were my client. They were the right people. And you know that when they come to you and they say, I contacted you because this is what I'm looking for. And I know that's what you do. For example, I'll have a client contact me and they'll say, I called you because I want to put my horses on my walls. And I know you do wall art. And that to me was like, finally, finally, I'm doing it. I'm getting to that place. And that was a process. The other thing that was a big mistake for me early on, which will probably be a surprise to you guys, is the client organization piece. I handled every single client that came through in a different way. Like they all went through whatever they were wanting to do. It was like a whole new process there. Oh, you don't want to have a meeting to plan your session? Okay. You know, or, oh, you don't want to talk on the phone. You just want to email? Okay. I had to just cut all that off. I had to say, what is my client experience going to look like for every single client that comes through my door from start to finish? 
and beyond? Like, what is that going to look like? So I sat down and I mapped that out and I created a consistent flow and a consistent process that all of my clients go through. And to me, this ensures consistency within the experience that they have with me. And it also really establishes expectation on both ends. And this is really important to me. Like Kim likes to talk about my personality and how I'm an organization freak. It is really important for me to know that every single client that comes through gets a high level of service and it gets a consistent service. So that was a big change for me is creating that process. And that took some time and there were things that worked and there were things that didn't work. And there were things that have needed to be redesigned over time. You know, I do a lot of requests for customer feedback. And when I hear, I start to hear maybe something about my process that is a little bit of a rub, then I can tweak it and I can make changes. But the key is, is that I keep it super consistent for everyone. I will say part of that also came when I decided to invest in a CRM for the first time and really keep my clients organized too. So all that kind of happened at the same time. Those are my two biggies. So the first one was trying to do what everybody else was doing in town. And the second one was creating that organized client system. Yeah. What about you, Phyllis? I think honestly, if I look back, I really, I made a ton of mistakes. And I guess one that stands out to me and I don't really know if you call it a mistake because I think sometimes we just have to go through things that that we find out Mm -hmm. that maybe we don't want to (laughs) do. So for me, a major pivot in my business was just realizing that something wasn't working for me was a huge eye opener. When I came to the conclusion that unlike (laughs) you, Kara, (laughs) well, I mean, I really do enjoy portrait work. I really do. It's just that, and it was a huge part of my business model uh, early on. And for a while, when I really started doing this, as a business. But when I finally came to the conclusion or realized that I just really didn't like dealing with the sales portion of being a portrait photographer to make it profitable, that was an eye opener for me. (laughs) And so for me, pivoting was crucial to the survival of my business. I had to decide what I wanted to do. What did I like to do? Uh, Well, I like to travel. So why not create a business that supports the life I really wanted to have? which I never thought of it in this way until I met Kim and she talked about creating a business around the life you want. So I think that's really cool that she made me realize that I did, I did do a pivot in my business, a huge pivot, switching from doing portrait work to doing more of the events, the tours and the workshops and retreats and stuff. Of course, creating a business that supports that life that you want to have really involves aligning your entrepreneurial goals with your personal aspirations sometimes can be tough, but you just have to kind of reflect on what kind of life you want to lead. Consider your values, your goals, the things that really matter to you. Are you looking for more flexibility, more time off, financial independence, a better work-life balance, uh, or like I said, the ability to travel, if that's something that, you know, interests you. Just think about a business that will align with your interests and skills is more likely to bring you fulfillment, which it surely did for me, because I still do portrait work on our events, which I really love. It's just not something I have to do anymore. So that makes me happier. There are so many things to consider if you're thinking about a pivot in your business. But for me, it's really been a game changer. So I guess my biggest advice would be adaptability and being open to change and willing to pivot when necessary. Like I said, I don't know that that was a mistake because it was just something you had to figure it out. You did Kara. I mean, like just finding out something that's not working, you know? (laughs) Yeah. My second mistake and which I kind of still struggle with a little bit is not asking for or seeking out help. 
uh, which is really key for me, like I said, some of which I'm still not very good at, but delegate and automate. As your business grows, uh, delegating tasks and using automation to reduce your workload can really free up more time for your desired lifestyle. Like Kara said, the CRM programs and everything, which I still haven't got into, which I did sign up for one for a while, but then it just looked daunting to me. So I I turned it off, but I am kind of a control freak. So it's hard for me to ask, but honestly, because most of the time I just really rather do it myself. However, as we talked about in the last episode, working with a marketing coach has really taken some of the pressure off for me. Even though I still do most of the work, she really keeps me on track and, and keeps me focused about what my goal is. So I think that's my, my biggest thing. Second advice would be to think about delegating and automating your business. That's a good one, Phyllis. I think a lot of people too are like, well, I can't afford to pay somebody to help me at this stage of my business. And that is something that makes sense. Like I understand that concept, but I don't know about you, but I have found when I have taken the time to invest in someone to help me and I went all in on it because I have to say you can hire someone to help you and then you don't do anything that they need you to do, then you're kind of wasting your time. But if you go all in on it and you take the steps with the coaching that they need you to take and you've got the right coach that you're working with that really understands where you're going, like I have found that those investments always always pay for themselves. Exactly. You may not see it immediately, but eventually you will reap the benefits of it. Yes. So I think the bottom line to this is we've all made some mistakes in business and all learned how to pivot, which I think is the most important piece of being a business owner is learning how to recognize where things aren't working and how to move it in a better direction, how to turn your business around and how to turn yourself around. It's interesting that all three of us in our top mistakes that we made in our business businesses related it back to something that turned out to be a little bit of personal growth for each of us. Like understanding for me, my value and understanding how to step into that and have my confidence for you, Kara, recognizing where you were, I'm going to say people pleasing. I know you like to do that, but people pleasing and how that wasn't serving your life. And you, Phyllis, recognizing where where you weren't happy in the things that you were doing and moving forward. And one of the things, the big themes at this event that I'm at this week is understanding that being an entrepreneur, being a business owner, It challenges you in ways that no one ever talks about. And these are those ways that we talked about today. We talk about them on the surface as being business mistakes. But the truth is, is that we're all in a state of personal growth. And every single thing we talked about today created not only a better business in our world, but also created a better life for each of the three of us, one that we're living more aligned, one that we're living more in our authenticity and more in our own personal truth and value. So I think that's super amazing. What do you guys think about that? Oh, yeah. I think there's a lot of people out there that are probably listening and can relate to every single one of these things that we have mentioned. I know for me personally, I feel like I talk to photographers all the time 
about that piece around designing the business that works for them, that piece around figuring out their pricing, figuring out their model, their business model, just figuring out how they want to work with clients in general. So I totally, I totally see that. I want to remind folks that they can find us online at cowgirlswithcameras.com. We have a great lineup of events for 2024. We've got everything and anything you can photograph. We've got horses in the snow. We've got horses on the beach. We've got horses out west. We've got lots of ranch opportunities. We've got experiences that range from heavily like educational experiences where you can grow, grow, grow while you're there. And we've got events that are retreat styles where you can build your portfolio. You can get new art images. You can get images that, you know, you can really put to work immediately in your business. So we definitely would invite you guys to head over to our website, check out our events and join us somewhere out in the field. We'd love to have you join us. Also find us online on Instagram and Facebook. We're at Cowgirls with Cameras and we'd love for you to join the dis- in on the discussions over there. We like to share little little educational pieces, little tidbits. We like to share your work as well. So if you've attended one of our events before and you've got images that you are putting out into the world, we want to share those for you. If you're part of our community and you have a win, we want to share that with the world as well. So thank you guys for listening. And we hope that you guys are doing okay moving into the crazy busy portrait season. Thanks for listening to this episode of Cowgirls with Cameras. Don't let the laughter and learning stop here. Join our community on social media and be sure to visit our website for more opportunities to fulfill your photography goals. Head to cowgirlswithcameras.com. That's cowgirlswithcameras.com. See you next time.